What's going on, guys? Anthony here. So I'm on the road heading to a friend's house, and I just had a few ideas that I wanted to share with you guys. As I told you guys a few episodes ago, I'm trying to find different ways to create content that's going to be a little bit more strategic, a little bit more beneficial to certain demos, right? I want to get very singular and focused on certain pockets of business, whether it's speaking to personal trainers and gyms or speaking to a chiropractic office or speaking to a doctor or speaking to a sales force or speaking to a marketing agency. I want to be able to add value based off of context uh, and not just give you guys content. And so today's piece of content uh, is really going to be on the personal training world as it pertains to like gyms and any other private personal training organizations. Um, anyone that knows me knows that over the last two, two and a half years, I've been the director of employee experience for a personal training brand. Now, with that brand uh, came a lot of responsibilities. And what I tried to do and what I brought to the table was I revolutionized and really changed the way that we looked at the overall employee engagement and the overall way that we impacted our trainers. Traditionally at a gym, the way that you impact the trainer and the way that you impact um, your team is you kind of make sure that they know their P's and Q's and knows their, their uh, they have their I's uh, dotted and their T's crossed from a fitness perspective and they have all the right certifications. And then you also make sure that their personality is on point, their aesthetic is on point. A lot of the the, the, the excuse me, a lot of the development is really on the aesthetic and their overall knowledge. And so, you know, there really wasn't any sort of like IDB, IDP plans I was putting in place from that aspect. You know, there really wasn't any um, workforce development that I was putting in place as the director of employee experience. But one thing that I did bring to the table that was very different, that was very innovative, was we completely redesigned the role from a financial aspect and a task output aspect uh, that really reflected empathy, that really reflected who individuals really are and what they're really thinking from a psychology standpoint when they're accepting these roles. So let me explain. One thing that I see a lot of brands not doing is they're not taking into consideration the psychology and the true emotional state of a human when they're trying to accept a job. They're not looking at their age. They're not looking at their background. They're not looking at their educational background. They're not looking at how they may have been brought up and raised. They're not looking at where they come from. They're not looking at their own personal perspectives. They're not looking at, um, they're not looking at what that trainer or what that whatever industry you're in, what that individual, that that uh, potential employee may want to do in life overall, they're not looking at these things where they're trying to design and assess the roles. A lot of times what brands are doing is they have a certain outcome that they want to occur, uh, you know, whether again, whether it's selling a product or designing a program or implementing a certain piece of the brand and they have a certain expectation around that and they try to make sure that it's executed at a high level based off what the brand needs, the customer's needs. And that makes a lot of sense. But what I try to do is I try to take it a little bit further than that. And what I try to do is I try to think about how am I going to have my employees engage at a high level and how am I also going to make sure that my employees are uh, going to be able to perform the task at a high level because they're doing so that's based around empathy and we're doing so that's based around their strengths and we're doing so thinking about other variables than just their overall skill set. And so what we did is we took away 
the need for our trainers to sell. So what that did was it allowed our trainers to really look at their craft like a doctor would look at their craft. And what I mean by that is we allowed our trainers to jump in and truly perfect their craft as a trainer, truly perfect their personality and their engagement with clients, truly perfect their programming, truly, uh, uh, you know, uh, perfect their overall personal aesthetic, truly uh, jump in and, and, and make sure they could have a, a true impact on their, their client's overall success and potential of success. And a lot of times when you go to an LA Fitness or you go, you go to a Gold's Gym or you go to some of these other organizations, these, these organizations are focused on the trainers selling as well as trying to be a good trainer. And a lot of these trainers don't come from that background. A lot of these trainers were grew, grew up in a household where they looked at personal training as kind of a side job. They looked at personal training as kind of a bullshit job. They looked at personal training as something that we're going to do while we're in college. We're going to do in our early to mid 20s as we try to figure out life and eventually get a real job. But what actually truly happens is these individuals actually care about these jobs immensely. These individuals actually look at their job like a doctor would look at their job. These individuals actually, when they first get going and they're taking these kinesiology courses, they want to be the best person for the job to make sure a human being that's overweight actually decreases that weight and becomes healthy. And these personal trainers look at their careers with such a with such a high respect because they feel like they are directly correlated to the longevity of human beings lives right like they feel like they have a true impact on a person living into their 60 opposed to living into their 90 right a, a person having diabetes opposed to not having diabetes like they care about these variables and so back to the brand right what i did was we removed uh the need to sell what we also did from a business standpoint behind the scenes is we made sure whether it was through Instagram, LinkedIn, our social media, uh, traditional news coverage, um, our website, SEO, whatever we needed to do from a brand and sales and marketing uh, tactical perspective, we made sure that we had enough inbound coming in so that number one, we didn't have to have our trainers selling. And number two, we had enough cash flow to legitimately pay our trainers 50,000 plus, which is a legitimate salary based off of where we were based, which is Baltimore, that these 20 something trainers could actually live on, right? They could have their own apartment without having roommates. They could really focus and double down on their career and figure out what they wanted to do in the world of personal training. And so we designed it that way because we wanted to have empathy. We wanted to design a system and an organization that was based off of empathy, that was based off of the reality and practicality of what these trainers truly wanted. Now, what that did for the brand is a couple things. Number one, our client retention spiked, right? Because our clients were getting a better service. Our clients were getting better systems. Our clients were getting better programming. Our, our clients were getting a better experience. Uh, another thing that happened is uh, we had the overall employee retention spike. Not only were our trainers getting paid well, but they were they were grateful and thankful and so surprised that a brand would be so thoughtful about how they craft the position from a financial and task perspective that even if another opportunity came along, let's say in the entrepreneurial space, they decided to stay with us because they knew, number one, they could guarantee that check. And number two, it was such a, it was such a thoughtful nuance that we were able to put something like that together. And also what we did 
which I thought was pretty interesting and pretty cool, is we made sure that we focused on the other variables of their career. And so we didn't want to just cap them at $50,000 a year. We made sure on the back end of the business, we were growing, we were improving, we were developing. And then what we also did was we started outlining and blocking out these other career succession plans that could be implemented within our brand alone. So for a very clear example, we had one of our best trainers uh, move from just being a regular personal trainer to them being the director of operations. And over the course of a year, I personally, as well as the CEO, were working with this guy and making sure that he understood the ins and outs of the business, ins and outs of operation, ins and outs of how we work as a company. And so that when it was, the time was right and we felt that he would be a good person for that role, he, he knew everything about it. He knew the ins and outs. And so we could literally plug him in immediately. And then also what happened was we, again, implemented and showed that we have empathy, meaning we know that a lot of these trainers are trying to be trainers in their 20s. And as they get into their 30s and their 40s, whether it's because of the pressures from mom, their own personal perspectives, their own personal interests, pressures from their family, whatever it's going to be, they want to have a more aesthetically polished job title. They want to have more impact. They want to have more responsibility. They want to have more, um, more role, more, you know, more of an impact on the business. And we provided that. And so we spent again, another two, three years, uh, two, three, uh, two, three months. Sorry about that. Um, crafting these roles, whether it was director of operations, whether it was director of media, whether it was, uh, you know, making sure that we had a, a director of partnerships, whether it was, um, finding ways for someone to be director of programming, you know, all these nice titles that came with obviously, you know, a, a financial bump, but a responsibility bump. And I guess the message I'm trying to send to you guys is I want more leaders out here that are running small to medium sized businesses to start thinking about how you can take a step back and craft each position in your brand with empathy, with care, with authenticity. Think about your employee first very similar to how you think about your end consumer when you're rolling out a product or a service. Think about your employees first. Think about what they're actually going to want. Think about how they're actually going to want that position crafted. Think about what's actually occurring in their life and how your role and the way you design that role can impact their life in a positive way. And then think about how it's going to improve their engagement, improve their overall capabilities, improve their productivity. A lot of things are going to improve. And so, just wanted to share this with you guys because I think uh, it was super interesting how we did that. It was super innovative for our personal space. And at the end of the day, you know, it really, it really improved a lot of things. And I'm really proud of the work that we did. And um, empathy is at the foundation and, auth and authenticity is at the foundation of everything. And if, and if brands can start to think about this more, if brands can start finding ways to impact and job design and, 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 um, and role design that is, that is really based with, a, with an empathy foundation, a lot of good can happen for your brand and for your logo. So um, hopefully this was valuable to you guys. Hopefully you guys will take the next few months and, and maybe change some things around and, and start to be a little bit more thoughtful about how you design your roles. And um, hopefully this was helpful. Have a good day.